U.S. Senator Tom Cotton, who may be the next CIA director for the United States, says that waterboarding isn't torture. He says that on the record. Meanwhile, LeBron James gets ejected from his first game in his career. He does this against the Miami Heat, by the way. And Arby's puts up $2.4 billion to buy out B-dubs. Those three stories did not quite make it in the top 10 for this week. So which stories are the ones, as picked by you, to be the biggest stories for the week from This is the Conversation? We will get to that in just a moment for this weekly wrap-up podcast for the week that is ending December the 2nd, 2017. And welcome to the podcast and welcome back to everyone as we took a holiday week off from this is the conversations with you wrap up podcast. My name is Jay Cleveland Payne, your host for the podcast and all things that run around through the weekly wrap up podcast and this is conversation.com. Now we took off last week for Thanksgiving, the fourth Thursday of every thir- uh, November in how the United States is, of course, Thanksgiving Day and the Friday, a traditional day off for many people. And we took that off. As well, but we're back in this week and things recording of uh, as normal eight-ish days worth of news recording on December the first, the first day of December. So hopefully you're getting to the spring of things for your actual Christmas feeling as we are 24 official days away from the day, and uh, then going back uh, eight days to last Friday. So we have a good mishmash of news to get to, and we're going to get to that pretty quickly. We also have to schedule today an interview with a man named CJ. CJ normalizes his radio or, or podcasting name, I should say. I get caught on radio all the time. And he is the podcaster, the man behind the CJ Normalized podcast. And he tells lots of great and detailed stories. And there are personal stories, they're deep stories. And we're going to talk about him and how he got into the thought process of being a storyteller himself. And we're going to try to get a little bit more formalized in our questions, find out where he gets his news from and why news is important to him in his days going forward. Now, news is important to you guys for your days going forward. So let's go ahead and get into the top 10 for this week. Starting off the number 10 story as voted by you guys by responses, and it is NBC fires Matt Lahr over misconduct allegations. Now, we know about Matt Lahr. He um, is the or now was the former 20-year veteran, 21 years, I believe, fully uh, anchor for the Today Show. On the show much longer, uh, he was the newsreader guy back when Brian Gumbel was still in the seat. And when Bryant left, he took the official chair and has been there for quite some time. He's been through three uh, co-anchors, four co-anchors, I believe, in time. Katie Couric was there when he got there. Also, Meredith Vieira, the big and Curry thing that was a big deal. And, of course, right now, Savannah Guthrie. Over the weekend, or Monday specifically, uh, he was, um, uh, NBC was alerted to a very heinous um, misconduct action that they felt so bad they had to fire Matt Lahr three days later on Wednesday, firing him Tuesday night, telling his coworkers Wednesday morning uh, what happened. They had to open up with that statement, and the ironic part of it is, just like with the CBS stories, the female co-anchors that are left to pick up the pieces are reporting the very, very bad things that their male co-anchor had done over the past couple of years. And this may not be quite a couple of years. The thing that got Matt Lahr, um canned officially was a some actions that happened while he was in Russia covering the Sochi Olympics. But so many things came out that went on from here to there, including just another example of a person who may have had great intentions beginning on in trying to keep t- take care of women co-workers that just turned into an abuse of power and just a lack of just 
just ridiculousness. How these things got a hand, no one really knows. But this case, we have another firing, another high high case firing, and a lot of more people are falling like dominoes from the Weinstein effect. The number nine story, which gets a jump uh, this week of 8% in its recovery, uh, is the Bitcoin price, now on shaky ground after 1,000% gains. Bitcoin reached its a, a record massive crazy high in the middle of the week and then started to digress, lose some steam, because what goes up must come down at some point in time. Bitcoin, of course, if you don't know what it is, it's a cryptocurrency. It is a more or less real currency that you can buy things with can't necessarily trade with them, or you can in some senses. You can uh, exchange things for Bitcoin. But Bitcoin is a currency that is not regulated by people. It's regulated by a market of just kind of the market moving itself. It's not regulated by a government. It has no backing by anything. It literally is just computer bits and bytes that someone invented about 10 years ago. And now a Bitcoin is worth an amazing amount of money. One Bitcoin is worth an amazing amount of cash. But... That's starting to slip a bit as Bitcoin is seeing a bit of a bubble moment, uh, it being so high and not having anything actually backing it. It's a big, big, big deal for people who deal in black market and illicit things because it can't be traced, can't be backed down to a government particularly. And if you remember the big thing a few months ago when the hackers were uh, breaking into people's computers and they were um, hijacking their stuff and asking for Bitcoin, there's a reason they're asking for Bitcoin. Bitcoin is hard to hard to track because of its actual real nature of not being real, if you will. Number eight story for this week. This has a response jump about four and a half percent from the number nine story. Thousands of American Airlines flights next month don't have scheduled pilots, Union says. Now, next month is actually this month in December. This story came out middle of the week, early week of uh, this week, which was still November. And there was a glitch in the system for scheduling days off for American Airlines. So the glitch was it didn't really account for other people taking days off. So more pilots than should have taken off have taken off, have official time off. That left hundreds of flights without any pilots scheduled because it gave everybody the time off and then tried to schedule people as opposed to scheduling and then looking at time allotted. They're fixing this by getting people who will give up their time off a pay and a half, although the union says that's not exactly the right way to do things. Plus, there are a bunch of people on standby in banks of, of for flights that are just on standby in, in general, and they hope that enough people will be there to cover things. And a lot of people are just giving up their time off in general to make things work out. They're getting some sort of shift in the work, sort of like a comp day-ish thing. But as we said, the union is already pushing back on offering up extra money because they say that goes against the contracts that have been negotiated for the pilots. The number seven story, this gets a jump of 5.8% on the week. This was an early story from uh, last week, last Friday and Saturday. Glee star Naya Rivera arrested for domestic battery against husband Ryan Dorsey. Now, this became a really, really, really big deal on internets for the weekend, where in a time where so many women are coming out and just calling out all the men for all the weird sexual harassment and just general debasing they've been getting, a woman is sort of getting her shot at this, and the degree has been just just amazing how bad it is. Um, so the star from Glee, Glee, of course, no longer air, on the air, but one of the stars, uh, Naya Rivera, has been charged, officially charged, 
arrested on domestic battery against her husband, Ryan Dorsey. This is something that you don't necessarily see a lot or think a lot, and there's always the back-in thought that, well, men can't be harassed because women are so much weaker and fragile and blah, blah, blah. But this is a case that is rightfully being um, shown out on the open where a woman and a famous woman, famous-ish woman at that, is getting uh, her due in the public court of public opinion because she's stepping out on the wrong side. Last weekend was a big matchup in the NFL for the Raiders and the Broncos, and that is where we get our number six story from this week, and that story gets a bump response of 12.3% for the week, and it deals with two players who didn't quite get along on the field, and they showed out by showing up, throwing fists, and getting suspended. Michael Crabtree and Aqib uh, Talib both got two-game suspensions initially without pay for fighting in the melee that happened inside of the Broncos and Raiders game. Now, the suspensions were both cut in half, still without pay, but only to one game. And, of course, a few days later, Michael Crabtree uh, spoke out against the NFL and his um, assailant, attacker, uh, combatant, uh, Aqib Talib, uh, in some very, very, very uh, graphic interviews. Not happy with the whole situation, how he essentially thought he got kind of suckered into the whole thing in the first place. But fights do happen. They're not as big as you do in hockey. And, of course, they're not essentially a regulation thing to keep things from happening on the field. When a fight breaks out in other sports, it becomes a major issue. And, of course, the guys usually get thrown. And this is a case where they, it happened. Uh, we will see if there's any love, probably no love lost, if any love found between these two men in the near future. We go to number five story this week, and that is a 12% bump in response. Texas Representative Joe Barton was not seeking re-election. And why is this? Well, in the last couple of months, he's been stuck in some weird extramarital affair stuff, which includes uh, finding some very graphic pictures of himself and other people in the, well, you, you, you get where we're going. Uh, so because of all the things going on scandal-wise, there's so many people who are dropping out of their political races trying to find some cover because things are just so bad right now. Uh, uh, Joe Barton, apparently one of the very few politicians who's been caught up in some sort of weird sex scandalish thing that is actually losing or leaving the job. And he's not losing his job, per se. He is leaving this job, not seeking re-election because of the pictures that have been very, um, I guess they're not vocal, they're pictures, uh, very well seen across Texas of the things he's dealing with right now. The number four story for this week, a jump in response, 34.78% goes to ESPN, who is now a firing and laying off another 150 employees uh, to sort of make things work a little better. These are all people working behind the camera. These are all producers and cameramen and people behind the scenes. So no talent this time uh, being fired. But uh, the response from the talent on the air has been amazing, including some on-air thank yous from people like Tony Reale and Bob Lee uh, thanking specific producers by name and the producers in general for all that they're doing. Now, ESPN is doing what they can to keep the ship afloat, and you can't blame the brass for trying to keep the whole company alive, even if it means the sad thing of losing certain people and some people who are apparently key in some areas. They're essentially just going to rework a lot of the daily workload that's still there, and, of course, they are focusing on a lot of their digital assets, which are cheaper to produce and faster to turn around so they can hopefully get a bit more money out of those things. We'll see if ESPN can turn things around. Of course, they're also planning on coming up with their own ESPN uh, literal digital network for you can get all your ESPN uh, 
pieces from, which is, of course, backed by Disney. And Disney's doing the same thing for all of their movies and entertainment. We'll see how that works out. Number three story for the week, and a very surprising uh, uh, sh- show to see who was trending. Angela Lansbury. This gets a bump of 11.29% on the week. And Angela Lansbury was trending early in the week, and people were freaking out because people thought maybe she was dead. But in fact, she just did something that really probably wasn't very smart. She gave an interview where she was saying that one of the problems with all the women coming out right now with the sexual harassment issue is um, they have been working for decades to make themselves more attractive and that has backfired, essentially blaming women for looking pretty for bringing on the lecherous actions of other men. So when you blame the victim, you always get some backlash. And Angela Lansbury, who is essentially beloved by everyone, um, took plenty of backlash on this one over the week. Now, the number two story for the week, this one gets a bump in response from the three by 7.97%. Internet goes nuts over Infinity War trailer to be released tomorrow and Star Wars Porg emoji released today. Now, this was, to be honest, something I dropped in there to see how much response it would get in because it's the Internet. It got plenty of response on the week. Now, things that happened. This, of course, a post from as I'm speaking on Friday recording this three days ago. The Infinity War trailer for Avengers 4 came out. And, of course, people were going crazy for that waiting for it, and as it came around. What happened the day before? Star Wars, not to be sort of losing any steam for its release coming up next weekend, uh, released a, an emoji on f- the porgs, a little weird, funky, rabbit-looking things that Chewbacca is essentially flying around in in the trailers for Star Wars. Uh, if you type in hashtag porg, a little porg emoji pops up in your Twitter feed or whatever you're using. So people... Pretty much got nuts over that one as well. Star Wars opening up in a week, uh, the or two weeks uh, from here, and Infinity War opening up in a couple months, March, I believe. And the number one story for this week, and it is on a story that's pretty important for this week, that being the North Korea missile launch. This gets a response from number two, a bump of 15.4%. It gets a response from the 10 story of 181%. And from the almost relevant story this week, we had 96 stories. So this was an 8,500% jump in story um, relevancy. And it is because it's a pretty big deal. North Korea this week launched another missile after not launching one for months. This one, bigger than the one they launched back then and faster than the one launched back then, able to go much, much further back then. What they found from this launch, from just watching it be in the air for about 50 minutes, is that this is a missile, a rocket that is capable of reaching essentially anywhere in the continental United States based on the trajectory and just kind of flattening out how it could go. Uh, it crashed into the Sea of Japan after it went pretty much uh, flawlessly into the air and then back down to the ground. They assumed it had a dummy warhead, something of the weight of an actual warhead, uh, but not exactly nuclear-powered. And this is a pretty big show for us where we are months away from Olympic Games in South Korea and, of course, North Korea just being North Korea. When the missile was launched, uh, the president was told about it essentially as it was in the air, and he basically just said, we will deal with it. Uh, Nothing's been dealt with yet other than the fact that we've seen some brand new video of Kim Jong-un essentially watching the missile going off and being pretty gleeful as his new baby is being launched into the air. We will see what acts will be done with this, but this essentially 
uh, puts North Korea into the nuclear power game for real, assuming they will next test a uh, warhead or a nuclear uh, a nuclear payload, probably out in the ground to see what we'll do. And then that means they are ready for business and what that means for us in the U.S. and us as the world, we shall soon see. And those are the stories we have for this week from This is the Conversation and what you said in your responses by the top 10 for the week. And you can make the choice for the upcoming weeks as well, just like you did for these weeks. And if you hadn't, it's very simple. Follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation. Follow us on Facebook at This is a Conversation or follow us at our website, This is a Conversation dot com. Every time you react to a story, you like it, you love it, you share it, you respond to it, whatever you do, it gets more votes into the engagement. And the more engagement that it gets, the higher it goes into the countdown. Coming up in just a bit, we'll go to the CJ Normalized podcast man himself. That being a man named CJ Normalize, we'll talk about his podcast, we'll talk about his background, we'll talk about news, and he gets a chance to play the brackets coming up in a moment from This is a Conversation's weekly wrap-up podcast. The Conversation Survey Panel is a way for you to know that the things you are saying are being heard by people who really need your answers. It's a survey panel that we created here on the folks behind the scenes here for This is a Conversation that hooks up with other people, other entities, other groups that are looking for information. And we hooked them up with the best people that are news-wise and worthy of getting in on what they have going on. So whether they're looking for political ideas or whether they're looking for just ideas on retail things, you can get a chance to have your say into really important decisions by just being a part of the Conversation Survey Panel. All you have to do is go to thisisaconversation.com slash survey panel and apply. The application is a quick form, and once you're in, once you've applied, once we have your information, you don't have to reapply for a survey. If we send you a survey that says this survey will pay you, we will pay you from doing that survey. That's simple. Go to thisistheconversation.com slash survey panel. Apply today. Your opinions are needed for plenty of great ideas, plenty of great items, plenty of great thoughts, and we need you in there. So thisistheconversation.com slash survey panel. Apply today. So as I've been stumbling around making sure I really know what this podcast for the conversation is really all about, I've been listening to other people's podcasts at various venues and following a lot of people on Facebook and other meetup places that do podcasts and inviting a lot of podcasters on to talk about stuff and see how they do things. And this is a podcaster that I picked up on and started following and listened to the first season of his podcast. His name is CJ. He has the Normalized Podcast. And this is a podcast that's it's it's like living through someone's therapy session. You're listening to a person go through the, the literally all the bits and pieces of their life, some of them seemingly way out there, but they're true to life. Of course, names have been changed to protect them innocent as you do in these things. But this is a person telling real stories, raw stories, and stories uh, from a perspective that will make you think. And I got to listen to, to many of these and had to really think about how I perceive some things 
from the reactions I heard from the podcast. Now, you can check out his podcast by going to Normalize Podcast and listening to it. And if it's your cup of tea, make sure you send him a note and tell him what you think about that. So some apologies for some of the interview techniques this week. A little craziness and talking over each other happened quite a bit. Trying to get a lot of stuff done in a short amount of time. But we open up the podcast and the interview by just asking about his podcast, Why the Normalized Podcast. So when I started the Normalized Podcast, the recommendation actually came from my therapist who I was seeing at the time. And he recommended, um, he, was, he said, you know, you have a really good story um, and you're really, he said the word articulate because he was white. <laughs> he was like, and you really articulate your story well. It really would be good if you did a podcast. When I started the podcast, I actually didn't know what a podcast was. I had to do some research on podcasts. And then when I did did the research and I listened to a couple of different ones and I focused more on podcasts dealing with, I don't say more black social issues, but those are the ones that I was listening to. And I realized most of the podcasts typically were about people critiquing everybody else. So everybody complaining about this person or that person or this issue or that issue, but nobody was ever talking from a perspective of their experiences in life and what their role was or what their experiences, which actually allowed them to get to arrive to whatever, whatever opinion they have of the situation. So I said, there's too many people throwing stones in glass houses. I'm just going to basically tell a story from my perspective inside of my glass house. And I did that because I realized by sharing my, myself, first of all, when I talked, I wanted to build trust with the listener. I wanted people to really understand who I was. And I felt the second I exposed who I was to them, um, they would be more willing to put their guards down to really listen to me. And um, we would almost form like a type of trusting relationship where they could really empathize with me. And therefore the messages that I was discussing was really penetrating and maybe they could actually act on them in their own life. Now you have some really, really, I don't say deep issues, but you go really deep and dark in some of your discussions and it comes out uh, very poetic, very uh, very easy to listen to story, but some of the stories and details are kind of raw and rough. How much yeah. backlash have you heard from people who, of course, are in these stories that you're telling these stories to complete strangers? Actually, none. So I don't use anybody's names for reasons. I think a lot of people have recognized, well, you know what, it's your perspective, and we can't necessarily change what your perspective is on that situation. And so because I don't talk about, I don't actually address who the individuals are, you know, there's a, a lot of anonymity in that. I know that some people don't personally don't know about the podcast. I have an episode about my father. My father did not know about the podcast because I don't speak with my father. However, my little brother knows about it, and he had some issues with some of the things that I shared, but at the same time, he understands who I am as a person, understands what I'm trying to do. So the backlash hasn't actually, there's been no backlash for people who know me. It's actually been the opposite. It's been a bunch of support. And some of the people who I grew up with who um, heard about the podcast and listened to it, they loved it. They weren't upset with anything I shared. They were just saying, you know, we can't believe some of the silly and crazy things we did when we were younger. Um, we're adults now. And how our perspective has changed so much now that we're adults. So, so uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so you've been doing this for basically two seasons. Are you on third season three right now? I'm on working? season two. I started, I released my first season back in January. It ran from January to um, June. And my second season 
will probably end in February. I try to put out about 11 seasons per I'm sorry, 11 episodes per season. So how far do you think you can take your life and your stories into the Normalized <laughs> Podcast? That is a good question because a lot of people are like, wow, this is just all you. Um, and they're not used to a podcast where it's just one person sharing their story. I'm working with people, and some people say you can do it forever. I personally don't know if I want to do that forever because I have so many different goals and ideas for the podcast. I would love to expand it to bring other people on from almost like six seconds six segments or six episodes um, and actually allow them to take over what I do and speak on an issue about themselves over the course of six episodes. So going off the same principle of allowing the listener to form a relationship with um, the narrator um, and, you know, and share really honest stories. And it's not always just about me. It's really this, I started this really to help other people because when other people have shared, they've helped me. So I realized the power in sharing that. And that's so, going to be well. Let me I, let me jump in because, like I said before, pre-interview, I have issues with time. So, and I don't oh, want to get you out. But, but no, no. I just want to get in this before we get to the brackets. What do you expect to gain from sharing all these stories? Uh, where is this, where is this essentially going to take you beyond the podcasting world? When I started the podcast, I didn't necessarily know where it was taking me, where it would take me. However. It's opened up a lot of opportunities as far as like speaking opportunities, going to universities. I actually got a chance to speak at a maximum state, uh, a maximum security state prison here in Maryland, um, and speak with people who may be in jail for the rest of their lives who are pursuing college degrees. And it was on black psychology, so I was a guest lecturer for that course, and it was just it was a changing moment for me. And so, it's opening up other opportunities for me to be able to help people. I never really knew where this would go. All I know is I really enjoy helping people. Um, and I don't know, actually. That's kind of the beauty of it. I'm just enjoying the ride. Well, I can I say, do have a regular career. so Yeah, well, most of it has real jobs, and all we have are alter egos. Um, right. But um, I can say um, stumble upon your podcast just in searching uh, different podcasts and different groups I'm on, and, and I've, I've been hooked. I've been through God, season you. one. I, I, you don't understand how, how – that gives me, like, the motivation and the encouragement to continue to do what I do. It's always nice to hear that. Because I listen to it, and I think of some stories like, like, man, I never really thought about that. I do see how, see how that works, and we're not – the same person, if you understand what I'm saying. Our perspectives right. and our backgrounds are different, but because uh, right. some commonalities have popped up, and I was like, "Wow, I never really <laughs> broke that down like that." So, so it's, so it's crazy how much we all share. I mean, how how similar some of our lives are, even though we can come from completely different backgrounds and different views of things, but we do share a lot in common. All right, let's get you going. So, uh, like we said before, I'm having issues with being brevity, and brevity is what I'm promising the okay. listeners. So um, let's get to the brackets. I'm going to re-explain the uh, rules. And, of course, these are the top ten stories that were just heard in the first segment uh, from this week as people responded to and replied to via This Is Conversation on the social media. And, of course, you have no idea what these stories are, correct? That is correct. All right, so I'm going to give them to you two at a time, bracket style. You get a chance to eliminate one, move one ahead, and if two stories come to you that you don't like either, or either of them, we can erase those, but that means uh, you have to take everything along the way. If you go through four stories, of course, the last two, of course, I might get scratched. You ready to do this? Let's go. All right, so uh, this week we're going to start off with the number six story and five story battling against each other. Number six was Michael Crabtree and Aqib Tlaib get two game suspensions without pay for fighting. That was, of course, the Raiders and the Broncos last weekend. And number mm-hmm. five is Texas Representative Joe Barton will not seek reelection amid extramarital 
uh, affair scandal. Which one of those would you like to move forward, or you want to scratch those? Let's do the Republican senator from Texas, because those are always funny. All right. We're going to go next to the eight and the two story. The eight story, thousands of American airline flights next month don't have scheduled pilots, say union. <laughs> and number two, Internet goes nuts over Infinity War trailer to be released tomorrow and Star Wars Porg emoji released today. You want you oh, know, you the nerd stuff or the pilots? I don't even like <laughs> You don't like Star Wars? What? <laughs> I'm a Star Trek. I'm a Trekkie. What? I'm a what? Trekkie. I've always been on Star Trek Next Generation. Are you kidding? Great All right. We're move, okay. <laughs> we're, we'll move the pilots on and we'll move this game along, I guess. All right. Number three and seven next. Angela Lansbury says women efforts to make themselves attractive backfired. And that, of course, backfired. And number seven, Glee star Naya Rivera arrested for domestic battery against husband Ryan Dorsey. Which one would you like to Angela. The first one. All right. Number three. We have two more groupings left, <laughs> um, so you get a chance to um, take the next one or scratch it, and of course you take the last one. Number four, number nine. Number four is ESPN to drop 150 employees in latest rounds of layoffs, and number nine, Bitcoin price on shaky ground after a thousand percent gains. Which one would you like, or you want to go to the next two? Bitcoin. Going with Bitcoin? Bitcoin. All right. So that means we are not going to have a chance to talk about. Matt Lahr getting fired. He was the number 10 story this oh, week. Oh, if I'd have known, I would have chosen that. All and right. the number one story was North Korea's latest uh, missile launch. So, oh, man. That's so those two, that's, so <laughs> those two are out of the running. Now we're going to match right. up the five and the eight. That is the uh, Joe Barton from, from Texas uh, not re- running for a re-election because he said some kind of funny selfies he shouldn't have. And the American Airlines flights being um, – unscheduled or pilots not being scheduled uh, coming up for the holiday season. Which one would you like to move forward? Let's do the congressman again. All right. And that means two and a nine. Two is Angela Lansbury, or three and a nine. That's why I did. I put the wrong wrong line. Angela Lansbury is the number three story. She, of course, says women making themselves pretty is the problem, not the women being abused by the men is the problem. And number nine is Bitcoin. You want Angela Lansbury or Bitcoin? Let's go, Angela. And that means which story you think is your number one story for the week is going to be Joe Barton not seeking re-election out of Texas or Angela Lansbury putting her foot in the mouth uh, late in age? I I would think it's Angela. Okay. For me, of those, just because I screwed myself on the whole Mount Loud. Like, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> that's not necessarily what I agree with since I didn't know. Well, <laughs> that's 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 where it goes. We call it the unfair advantage brackets. We, I, I mess up the name too. So, but um, that's why we mix them all up so you have no idea what's coming up, and sometimes the fun story gets ba- gets knocked out early. But right. So this week, your number one top story, CJ, is going to be on Angela Lansbury. And for people who may not have known, Angela Lansbury is a very loved, beloved person. She's also very old, and she also decided she wanted to speak in what was going on in the whole Weinstein effect thing. She tried to be sort of diplomatic about it and really, really messed up. Essentially, what she said is women over the years have done what they can to be attractive, be pretty, be sexy, do whatever. And because the women have been doing these things to make themselves attractive, they've been a little too hard for the men to uh, basically keep their hands off of. And so maybe the women are kind of partly to blame for wanting to be pretty. What do you think about that? I understand where she, what she's trying to accomplish. And though she may not have articulated it 
in the most elegant way, I understand what she's trying to say. And I say this. So when I was recently on the Huffington Post website and top stories about another man who's been in trouble um, for assault, underneath, as I scroll down through other stories on Huffington Post, there were, like, articles about top ten moments when, like, actresses have lost their tops or something like that. And these weren't advertisements. These were actual stories. And so it, it jumped out at me, kind of a hypocrisy of what we're seeing. We're saying, look at me, look at me, let me show you my skin, let me show you my skin. Um, and then we're also saying, well, men can't act in certain ways. And let me, let me be careful with how I say that, because I feel like with everything that's going on, we're kind of lumping assault into all these other categories. And I don't necessarily know if making somebody uncomfortable is the same as assault. It's not saying that it should be um, behavior that we condone, but at the same time, I don't want to I don't want to compare somebody who's raped or molested 14-year-old children with Al Franken, who may have patted somebody on the butt. Now, should he have done that? No. However, I don't think we should be kind of mixing all of these into one conversation. And is it being mixed into one conversation? I, I mean, sometimes I think it can be, and that may just be you know, the media outlets that you go to. So I understand what she's trying to say. I don't think she said it the correct way, but I think there are actually a lot of women out there who are saying this is getting out of hand, not assault, but when everybody, sometimes stories are getting kind of conflated and mixed in with other stories. Now I'm going to let you get a little bit of Matt Lauer in here since um, you did throw in uh, Al Franken to talk about the, the weighing of the crimes. And sometimes while right now they're all bad, they may right. not be all the same bad equal. and so they're not that's, all equal they're not all equal so so but but the problem is they are all bad uh right now so many people are being blasted for all these things going on and the, of course the real crime is many people knew these things are going on harvey weinstein had been known for a long time and let go right bill cosby right. had been known by people in the industry for a long time just we in the world had no idea what was going on Matt right. Lauer came out, um, they came out, and his co-worker said they had no idea, and the people mm -hmm. that wrote the story said, oh, yes, they did. How do you justify all these things going on for so long, other than, you know, just the basic power structure of the men are in charge? I, th I think that's exactly what it is. I mean, as an African-American, I've been in situations where people have made derogatory comments towards me or about our race. And I even talk about that in my Chuck is Disgruntled episode of my podcast. It, it was talking about, you know, people make comments like they'll call me, um, make fried chicken jokes around me, or make comments about black people and, and killing each other. And, and things like that I think are very uncomfortable, very unnecessary, and derogatory, and borderline, you know, racist. And, and I, I remain quiet for a couple of reasons. One, because of my position at the job. And two, I don't want to be blacklisted by complaining about a higher up. Because when I go out in the industry and go to another firm, I don't need that, that negative, um, oh, he, he complains a lot or he, he's not a team player. I don't need that additional strike on me. Because being black, I feel like that's already a strike the second I walk into the door. So I think it's just part of the overall culture. And it's not, it, and it takes things take time to change. And so, if this is how things are getting are going to change, and maybe this is how things are changing, 
I think it does make because it does generate conversation. It makes us more aware of it. I know there, I know almost every man right now is like, man, what did I ever do? <laughs> and kind of going through their catalog of have they have they ever done something that made somebody uncomfortable? I just want to make sure that you know, saying that you made somebody uncomfortable, doing something that made somebody uncomfortable, isn't the same as assault. But yeah, I, I think it's just the culture, and you see, it's powerful men. It's not just your kind of average Joe male doing it. it. Seems to be, or maybe that wouldn't be newsworthy, but it does seem to be very powerful men who are getting getting away with this, which I don't understand for the life of me. But I mean, some of the stuff is just weird. Uh, <laughs> CJ, thank you so much for joining us for the interview. Tell us how we can get a hold of you and how we can find your podcast and anything else you want to share with the listeners. The best way to find the podcast, it's just normalizedpodcast.com. Um, normalizedpodcast, that's one word, dot com. I'm also on iTunes and on SoundCloud. If you want to get at me, there's all of my Instagram and Facebook and email information up there. And I promise you, if you reach out to me, I will always make sure that I respond to you. That's one thing I hate is when I reach out to people and they don't respond back to me. So, that is definitely something that I'm committed to doing 100%. Well, I'm getting ready to check in on season two, and we'll see how many seasons you get into your podcast. You got me you got me hooked. I'm riveted to see about your story. So I, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, so, brother. And I enjoy, I enjoy the, um, the ones that you put out as well. Appreciate you, and we'll talk to you later. Okay, take care. A very quick thanks to CJ from the CJ Normalized Podcast. Check him out by looking up CJ or Normalized Podcast online and listen to some very, very good stories, very deep stories. And if you're looking for what we're calling here on the Internet's authenticity, uh, this is a guy who's giving you plain authenticity. He's living it straight up the way it is or way it was for him. Now, as I've said, we are working on brevity and working on time for this story and time for this podcast Timing not so great this week, but we're going to do our best to get out of here on a high note, getting in the last 15, and of course, the most irrelevant, almost relevant story, plus a few other things inside the line in no particular order. Starting off with the number 11 story, that's Senator Tom Cotton of my state of Arkansas, who of course said on CNN, waterboarding isn't torture. Those are words he actually said, ironically enough, not in the storyline, but other storylines with Tom Cotton. He is apparently up for the job for CIA director. Plans are essentially in place to move out Rex Tillerson from the State Department, replace him with the current CIA director, that being Mike Pompeo. Of course, Tom Cotton, if you're here in Arkansas or pay attention to what goes on in big time politics, you know Tom Cotton essentially has his eye on a run for the president. Being in the CIA director spot would probably be a great place for him. Remember, George W. or George H.W. Bush was CIA director for a while before becoming vice president, before becoming president. It could work in his advantage. Of course, it also means a Senate seat has to be filled pretty quickly. And right now there's sort of some back and forth on how that works here in the state of Arkansas. Number 12 story, LeBron James was ejected for the first time in his career against the Miami Heat, now playing back for the Cavs. Now, uh, this was an interesting thing. Uh, how he got ejected, there actually was a pretty big write-up by the officials who explained why he got ejected for his very first game in his career. The 13th story of this week was Arby's, the restaurant chain. I actually worked at Arby's way back when. Is buying out one of my favorites, Buffalo Wild Wings. They are paying $2.4 billion dollars to buy out what is the struggling chain, although by the commercials, you wouldn't think so. But one thing about the things going on in the business and for advertising, 
If you see advertisements, it makes you think that a company is doing much better than it may actually be doing because you last thing you stop spending money on is the marketing so that people know that you're out there. Number 14 story this week, the Coast Guard is operating a secret floating prison system in the Pacific. Now, when I saw this headline at first, I thought it was a fake headline. Then uh, a day later, it kept growing, so we finally put it into our conversations. Essentially, they are picking up people off the coastal waters uh, who are smuggling drugs and keeping them held hostage for all practical purposes uh, under lock and key on some of the cutter ships that are floating around in the Gulf. So we're actually having a secret prison, a Guantanamo on the waters, if you will, inside of the ships of the Coast Guard. That, of course, found out. Now they have to deal with the repercussions of that. And, of course, this is a very late story popping up yesterday, but didn't quite make it into the uh, headlines for the top ten. Undocumented Mexican man found not guilty in the death of Kate Steinle. Now, I don't have the full story in front of me, but this is the big story that sparked the sanctuary city talk from our current president, Donald Trump. This was a headline that happened while the um, while the election was going on where an undocumented worker, a illegal immigrant, if you will, who had crossed the border multiple times and had been sent back multiple times, was on the hook for a drug charge. And the city of San Francisco did not want to prosecute him for that drug charge. It was minor, so they let him go. They did not send him off to ICE to be deported again. And then on a random night and a random stroll, uh, this young lady and her father were walking across a bridge and a f- gunfire went off by this man, a uh, man holding a gun. The gun bullet ricocheted off of, off of something. And so with that, they were able to determine that the incident was an accident. And that is the end of the case there. Of course, this brought up a lot of the sanctuary city stuff and a lot of the build the wall and why we need to do really strong stuff on immigration. Those are all more or less valid points. The wall is kind of silly, but uh, the immigration is an issue. The ICE thing is an issue and the crime itself is an issue. But they're all separate issues that Donald Trump rolled up into one as a part of his platform. Obviously, he got elected. Obviously, people are very angry at this. The family, not very happy with this. And one of the one of the more... um. One of the more uh, um, st- uh, biggest, so strongest statements coming out of this story is the public defender for the man who want to remind Donald Trump and Jeff Sessions, who's attorney general, that, you know, sooner or later, they may be up for dealing with the public or some sort of grand jury to jury ish thing to work in their system where they should be considered innocent until proven guilty in things they may or may not have done. You can take that any way you want to. Let's get in a couple. First, the almost irrelevant story before we run out of time there. We had 96 stories this week in the kitty, and the almost relevant story was the fact that dozens of migrants drown off of Libya, but hundreds are rescued. Now, we've talked about Libya inside of this conversation, and a story somewhere in the middle of this has the story that CNN broke on the Libyan um, refugees who are being sold into slavery who have to be rescued, but this was one story that didn't quite make it in. Now, we're going to squeeze as many as we can in the time we have left, about three minutes or so. We also have the story about uh, the uh, cocoa 
a good story. Coco, the uh, story, the new movie from Pixar, I believe. It's not Disney. I think it's Pixar. Maybe they're both the same. Uh, it had a great box office for Thanksgiving, $71 million, a story about family that a lot of people of Hispanic heritage, of Latino heritage, are happy that it didn't whitewash the story and really sold a good story on family and the heritage. Before your Miss Universe is now Miss South Africa. There you go very much. There are issues across the nation with tiny homes. I know they're cute. I want to build one myself, but the issue is where do you put them? If you build a tiny home and actually live in it, they're not exactly zoned for proper fire hazards and things like that. So many cities having issues with what to do with the tiny homes that are going out. A homeless man who gave a woman $20 uh, has, when we put it in, had $160,000 raised uh, for the woman who he loaned the money to. I think it's up to $200,000 now, and they were talking about what he's going to do with all that money going on there. We'll see how it's going on. Speaking of Donald Trump and running for stuff, Lee Bisbee, a retired Marine colonel, is running against Roy Moore. And so in two weeks from time, Roy Moore will have not only his Democratic rival, but an independent writing rival by the name of Lee Busby. Uh, he thinks that he can do something that the other guy can't, and that's win and keep Roy Moore out of that Senate seat. Very quickly, we go to Donald Trump, who, of course, called Senator Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas at an event that was honoring Native Americans, one of the last few um, co-talkers that are still alive. And, of course, he did it under a picture of Andrew Jackson, who essentially wrote the Indian Act to uh, try to exterminate many Indians. It was all kind of crazy all around. And complicit is your word of the year, so says dictionary.com. So get as much complicit as you can out of the year in your vocabulary. That is what we have for today. We're running out of time and working on getting this thing a bit more tighter. We'll do better next time, we're sure. Thank you so much for being a part of the conversation all week long. Join the conversation survey panel by going to thisistheconversation.com slash survey panel and get paid for your opinion. And, of course, follow us on Facebook, thisistheconversation.com, and on Twitter at TH underscore conversation. The more you react to the stories, the higher to go in each week's countdown. Thank you so much for being in the countdown, being a part of us. Thank you, CJ, for the great interview and more conversations all week long and more podcasts next week.